You are listening to the Clonmel Junction Arts Festival podcast, which takes place from the 3rd to the 11th of July. Hello, my name is Fergal O'Keefe and you're very welcome to the Junction Music Programme Special. You can find details of all the music programme on junctionfestival.com. Today we're going to have Cleena Marr going through the programme. We're going to have Rory DeLester and Owen Halley talking about uh, their We Could Be Heroes programme and about festival memories. We've got Jerry Fish, we've got Paul Walsh from Rice 7, we've got Edel Mead who's going to be doing a premiere at the festival. But first we're going to talk to festival director Cleena Marr about the music programme. we've got a, a brilliant program this year for music it's fantastic isn't it yeah I think so I think I, mean, I suppose music is um in terms of planning programming something for happening live it's a little easier than theatre because we were so unsure as to whether or not people could rehearse in June um so we felt a little bit more confident with music um and we also had some really great uh I suppose we had sort of a, a couple of great kind of series lined up and they've, they've mostly managed to stay, um, <laughs> to stay in place. Uh, and of course, one of them is the, the We Can Be Heroes series, which uh, managed to separate out into a series of different concerts. I mean, obviously it was originally planned to be one big sort of day long extravaganza with a kind of a, a live aid moment at the end. Um, not possible <laughs> in COVID times, but I think it's separated out nicely. And then the, I suppose the other was the Rare Clomel series, which Eamon Sweeney put together for us. And looking at music, I suppose that it was originally programmed to be in the main guard. And it was looking at music that the building would have known and experienced. So we have a lovely concert with the Gregory Walkers, of which he's a member with Roisin O'Grady. And it's the music that the butlers of Ormond would have entertained James II with at the... and just a really great collection, Alicia O'Brien on, on recorders and um, Malachi Robinson on viol de gamba and Eamon playing uh, guitars, Baroque guitars, and then, and maybe lute, I think lute as well. And then the 19th century show is looking at sort of musical travellers through Clonmel in the, the 19th century into the 20th. So Franz Liszt famously vi- visited Clonmel as part of an Irish tour Um I suppose Eamon's thought that John Field was very much performed by Frank Patterson at an earlier stage of his career uh, and then leading into Michal O'Sullivan. So that'll be a concert with like sort of a tenor, uh, a piano and the kind of classical guitar. Um, And then as part of that, we have uh, a last minute change um, of a concert that will be taking place but I will give you the details of that next week Virgil there are two concerts that are kind of going to be last minute surprises for everyone but they're they're both really really exciting I can tell you that much um and then of course our festival finale is with um a local ensemble that came together for my first junction back in 2019, the Clamwell Laptop Ensemble and I suppose they've moved away from being a purely laptop ensemble to being laptops being part of the ensemble and they've kind of rebranded as CLE. So the leaves project is, I suppose it's looking at leaves and trees and Connie the Mead Festival Gone Ironwood, I think is the inspiration, but it's a collaboration between the pianist um, Eamon O'Malley and uh, John O'Dwyer, who people would know from a lot of different ensembles, including Super Soul Machine. He's a great bass player, but here he is the laptop man. 
Um, Sheena Gagan, visual artist and poet, is, is doing some spoken word as part of it. And uh, Michael Jones is just this amazing uh, musical, technical crossover genius who has a lot of weird machines that he will have on stage with him. And then uh, Sarah Lowe, who is our wonderful website designer, also works with them as uh, on the visual side. I think John Edouard is also doing the visuals. So that will be a really spectacular, I think, and a really wonderfully atmospheric closing performance in the Dome. And Edel Mead has got a premiere as well. She's going to be on the podcast today, but she's a premiere, isn't she? She's, yeah, well, I was, I mean, she had I kind of, I knew her work as a kind of a jazz performer. And then this day, this year, kind of around International Women's Day, she released a new album and it's such a great piece of work. It's such a departure um, and a really interesting, a really interesting album. I loved it. Um, and we were talking and I said, it, she was saying, you know, what kind of set and we thought well wouldn't it be great to perform the new album you know to look at it I don't know, I, I don't know if she's going to do everything from it or if she's going to mix things in um but it will be uh it'll be great to hear some of that live for the first time so we're getting we're getting to yeah we're getting to premiere that album exactly and we're going to hear also on the podcast today but we've got jerry fish and yeah. I mean, got gavin glass you've got um mcflannery you know, Roy mm. Seven is going to open the festival. I mean, it yeah, really is. Yeah. Yeah. So, and again, all of them, like it's the 20th anniversary and all of them have really, really popular performers here at Junction over the years. Um, and they, they all, they're, they're all actually really enthusiastic. I think you hear about, yeah. you know, they're, you know, people exactly. like coming to Clonmel. They love Clonmel audiences. We can be really hard on ourselves sometimes. Um you know, exactly. but uh, performers I talk to love coming here. And particularly those, I've talked to the four of them and they all have such great tradition. I mean, McFlannery had, had an album launch. His first gig when his album yeah. came out was at a Junction Festival and Jury, like, I mean, it goes back years. And obviously Paul being from Clamel and Mick, I mean, yeah, gosh. Really, uh, sort of homecoming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. great and tradition. And I think yeah, I and could I mean, be Obviously wrong. it would be fantastic to have them all with an audience of like, I you know, know, 500 people, but ah. Sure. Listen, it's better than nothing. <laughs> and they, and do the funny, the funny thing is, that I think all of them were here on the tenth anniversary year. They all played that, you know, yeah. that that week. So it's great to have them again for the twentieth anniversary. Famous concert. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They all talked about that, and we'll talk about that as well today. So yeah, and Paul also is gonna he's gonna do one of our cabinets of curiosity. Oh, brilliant. And we've got some that's kind of on our going to be on our visual arts trail. It's basically little outdoor museums that will be throughout the town. And there are some gorgeous things in that. And hopefully, you know, when you come into town during the festival, lots of things to look at, lots of things to start a conversation about. Um, before we call. before we go into the music episode, I just want to say next week we have a long interview with Pat Kinnifan and we'll be talking about the mm. theatre programme as well next week. So that'll be something for people to look forward to. Absolutely. Next up, we have Rory DeLester and Owen Halley, who have been involved in the festival since their early teens, and they've played and worked in the festival. And now they're going to talk about what they're going to be doing with the festival this year. So, Rory, who are you playing with? What day are you playing? You're playing... I'm on Friday the 9th, I think it is, and I'm mm-hmm. with doing a gig with uh, Mick Flannery, which is quite cool. I've never I've never actually played with Mick. I have some... Uh, I, a few small connections, like say we went to the same music college out of school and, and like he was a good few years before me, but Cloyster uh, Stefan Nefa, so I would have kind of learned a lot about him through that, you know. So when they asked me who did I want to do a, a double header with, I was like Mick would be would be quite an interesting one to do and he luckily said yes, so I'm looking forward to it now. It should be quite a good experience. 
Yeah, he's an amazing stage right. presence, hasn't he? Yeah, I, I really enjoy his gigs too, so it'd be nice to, to get to know him a bit. Maybe ask him if he wants to play a song or two together. What are you doing? I'm playing with Gavin Glass on the the Thursday night of the festival with my with my act uh, Vale. So that'll be kind of a double header gig in the dome on the Thursday night, which should be good. It'll be the first uh, first live gig I've done with this new project, so it should be fun. When I look at the two of you, I always think that uh, he kind of grew up with the festival, didn't he? I was very sure my my uh, best friend from a very young age would have been David Tevin's son, you know. So I was very lucky to be a runner from like say 12 or, or 13 working on the festival for years and years and then even luckily through yourself then I have a lot to be grateful to yourself for I've played with some of the biggest names in Irish music thanks to you Fergal to getting me for support slots through the years so I, I appreciate that I hope you know. I mean there has been some great music gigs over the years hasn't there for the junction Hypnotic Brass Ensemble do you remember that gig? We had Super that gig. gig. I was in yeah, front yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. Front row, that was great. I remember the energy from that was superb. They were electric. Mm. They all had the shirts off and the room was roasting like a proper Junction Festival gig. And every they had everybody on the ground. Remember that? Yeah, and, superb. And um, everyone jumping up. It was quite amazing, wasn't it? Electric. Maybe that's where, um, I know the Party Whites do that quite a lot. Maybe some of them were at that gig and see, saw that and go, hey, let's put that into our little slot. <laughs> what other gigs jump out in your heads? What's the first ones that come into your head when you think over the years, the last 20 years? One for me, like personally, I remember playing with uh, the band from Malawi in Bar 4, Body Mind, Body, Mind and Soul, when I was like 19. And we played like a, as a big kind of 10 or 11 piece band. That was so much fun um, to do that. And again, it was like something that, as a as a young musician, I guess uh, I wouldn't have had that opportunity without without the, without the help of the festival, you know. Um, and we 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 like got to go to Malawi after that and play some gigs over there with with uh, the same band, and it's just an amazing experience. So that was that was so cool. And uh, then I think also like rehearsing for the one memory I, I have all the time is rehearsing for the We Can Be Heroes gig on the day of it in our the the Super Blondes rehearsal space, which was a loft uh, across the street from Ted Shannon's. And it was roasting uh, in this old wooden loft. And uh, there's like 20 people crammed in there, all practicing unplugged to like go down the street to plug into this massive PA system later on that evening. But by the time we got to the car park, everybody's like drenched in sweat and already dehydrated. (laughs) Probably about to pass out. They were some of my my favourite memories. (laughs) What about yourself, Rory? What bands jump out? Gigs? Well, there's always one that stuck out. A few jump into my head. Um, I actually listened last night to the one you did with um, Kleena and David. That was quite interesting because that brought back one into my head, which is the Foy Vance one. Um, That was a special memory for me when I just just had come back into Italy. Um, Just arrived in that night and like, half 10 got into the just to see the last half an hour of his show and that was just a phenomenal experience for me um but the ones that other ones that really jump into my head there are the 10th anniversary of course um where i got to play with huge acts you know that was a great experience and then just be drinking with them for the night and just learning a a lot about about the uh, entertainment industry you know um it was just quite quite an experience and then outside of that it's more not so much the gigs themselves but as as Owen kind of touched on you know 
getting to hang out with all the African bands and the guys over from France or the guys from from whatever different country around the world. You you always just end up say jamming in the back of the old Chadwicks when when there used to be kind of circuses stuff put in there or um, just there would always end up be little jams that ended up happening and they were the, the special memories where you get to play with people you know yeah I think that that's something that really makes uh that's like kind of special about it I guess is the that opportunity for those unplanned things to happen and the know, spontaneity of it all it's just yeah yes yeah, so it's it's not every event that that kind of thing happens I think there's a lot to be said for that that's kind of loose, isn't it? There, mm. there, there's always room for things like that to happen. As yeah. David was talking about in the residence bar, and you'd have a mixture of all sorts. Um, that with, used to be Rachel. one of my favourites too. I think that was everyone's favourites who worked on the festival for years and years. Yeah. It was actually it was actually just doing that. Um, I suppose I should also say, like, the, the, I think it was two, three years ago, doing the St. Mary's Church. That was one of the greatest gigs I've ever had in my life. So... Um, that has to be put in there, I suppose. Selling out a church and uh, playing all my own original music with a big band—that was a, a special experience for myself. And just been involved nearly every year for the last thirteen, fourteen years now. At this stage, it's 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 incredible for me. Um, a point that sort of came across when I was interviewing people as well was that um, it kind of influenced people, like say, ye, a younger generation, to get into the arts, really, didn't it? I think like at the time, yeah, it's kind of, I, I probably wouldn't have learned as much about music or about the arts at, at all without without uh, the festival being there. And it's kind of an, an eye-opening experience that uh, it's okay to be a bit of a weirdo and like mm-hmm. all this strange music and, <laughs> you know, other other people are out there like you. So <laughs> when you're growing up in a, in a, like a, a smaller town, there's not a huge music scene. It's so important to have that kind of thing to to let younger people know and learn from that and get those experiences. Even in my own family, there's not, there's not much music. I know my father's an, an artist, like he, a painter, but a sculptor and such, but he's, there, there's no music really in, in my family so much besides maybe a cousin who played a bit of guitar. That's why I started playing guitar, uh, who happens to be like one of Owen's best friends across lives across yeah. the road from Brian Sullivan. Um, that would have been one of the reasons I started playing, but because I was, 10 11 12 getting to see all these acts like i remember going in to see katie tunstall when she was playing in danos we got to, me and christoph got to go in and which is dave Tevin's son we got to go in and watch um her rehearsal because we were too young to be there for the actual show itself so like just those little small experiences as we're growing up were uh were major to get to hook us into it for life really and it does kind of sum up what you were saying it's those offbeat moments or you know, um, collaborations, as you said, and that's what you're doing this year. That's what makes festivals really special. So we, I think, always a uh, junction of all, always being great at, like you think of um, Odetta and, uh, and Clancy, Clancy yeah. you, you know. Yes. It's those collaborations that make a festival really special. And those, uh, they're the magical moments. Yeah, yeah. So fun. And like, even like, what was it, like two years ago, or maybe three years ago now, uh, I think we played after your gig, Rory, in the church. Oh, and we uh, played the, which the, like, the club, we, yeah. We played it in the resonance bar, just randomly wound up that playing there. Uh, we put a PA in there if, if there was something to happen. And it was, we played for like an hour and a half or something, just... Just I, 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 I rappers, we had all sorts of people coming up, like it was excellent. It was crazy, yeah. 
but it was so cool. And again, like that's exactly what the, the spirit of a festival is. It's like that thing just randomly happened once and it will never happen again. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um, just in the, the spirit of the moment, everybody's like, yeah, come we'll play some music for an hour and a half. Why not? <laughs> yeah. And then I think we wanted to play more even, but we had to kind of shut it down at that yeah. stage. Yeah. Jammed restaurants, packed beaches and queues for queues. No, thanks. Isn't the point of a getaway to, you know, get away. So here's the inside tip. With the Golden Vale, incredible hiking, two blueways and gorgeous lakeside villages, Tipperary has it all. Visit the Mitchellstown Caves, walk the Knockmeal Downs or explore the Butler Trail. Take it easy while uncovering ancient castles and hidden secrets. Tipperary is unspoilt and waiting for you. Visit Tipperary.com. Supported by the Tipperary LCDC under the Leader Programme. Now we're going to hear from Paul Walsh of the newly reformed Roy Seven, who is actually going to be opening the festival this year on the 3rd of July. Did you play with Roy Seven loads when you were in Junction? You have, haven't you? Yeah. Tw- remember the last one was 2012 and we did an afternoon show in your place in O'Keefe's and then we did an evening show as well. And that was our, our last, I think that was our last Connell performance. Wow. That, that was, was amazing. July 2012. What was it? Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. They were electric, those gigs, weren't they? They, they were, really they were. were. And you were very, very good because I remember you extended the stage for us and you did extra little things to make sure that, because we were a big battle, like with six people on the bloody stage and it was a, it is a relatively small stage in there without the extension. <laughs> um, and we it was packed out, wasn't it? I mean, oh, yeah. Full, the afternoon and the evening, there were yeah. full shows and there was a great little vibe and it's, it's lovely for me, obviously, coming home to play, but it carries with it its own kind of, fears and anxieties of Jesus I hope it's good because if it's not good everybody's going to remember you know and you're only as good as your last performance so um, it's always a bit kind of uh, it's always a little bit nerve-wracking for me coming home but I really look forward to it and so far it's always touch wood it's always gone really well yeah and it's brilliant you're opening the festival this year which is great aren't you yeah it's a real honor and the dome is that new kind of new construction for it so I'm excited to see what that's going to look like I think there's I'm a bit unsure at the moment as to whether or not there will be people in there because I know we're waiting for government guidelines, all that kind of stuff. So I'm hoping we can have even a relatively small number of people to be there just for a sense of reality because we did an online stream in, in February. We recorded it at the end of last year. And playing to an empty room is so strange. It's so strange at the end of a song, you're like, yeah. hey, was, was that good or was that bad? <laughs> yeah. Feedback from anybody? And you have the sound engineer kind of doing this and the lighting engineer doing that. And you think, okay, just keep going. So it's very odd. It'd be nice even to have 10 people in the room just to have a sense of a performance, you know. Amen. So hopefully when the time comes in July, um, there'll be some semblance of an audience as well as the online audience as well. Exactly. And I'm so delighted. When did you decide to reform? It was actually been about three years in the making. We, we oh. were all, like, yeah, three of us were at a party a few good few years ago. Remember Ailish? Yeah. Was managing us. yeah. It was Ailish's birthday and we all went out into town a few years ago and uh, three of the band were there and we kind of talked about maybe just rehearsing for us, maybe not even playing live, but just the idea of we miss camaraderie, we miss each other, we miss just being able to do something that was so natural to us that we've been doing it since childhood. Um, and so we actually secretly went off into a rehearsal room and we just played, we just played the songs and we thought, but they don't sound as bad as we thought they'd sound. They sound more or less similar to what they were like when we were playing all the time. So we, it started from there and then we tried to get everybody on board in the band, but not everybody from the previous incarnation was interested. Their lives had moved on, they'd other jobs, they'd other bigger families, all the natural things. And they kind of said, look, 
we have our blessing you know we still have a close friendship but we're not we don't want to go on the rest of the journey with you we don't want to pick up the guitars again and keep going so we're missing we're down Eamon and Sam but we took on another guitar player Stuart so we're a five piece now instead of a six piece but uh, from the stream that we did in February the sound isn't dramatically different to the sound that it was I think we still have the kind of fat sound that we always did the only thing that has changed Fergal is that in the writing process it's myself and the keyboard player so a lot of the songs now are far more synthy sounding far more 80s sounding, probably far more keyboardy sounding than guitar heavy sounding. If you think of songs of ours like Killer, I don't know if I remember we had a song called Killer. Yeah. Killer is very guitar-y, full-on rock sort of. So we, it's kind of moved a little bit away from that, I think, in the new stuff. But at least, you know, we're still creating. I, ne I never wanted to come back yeah. and play the exact same set. I wanted to come back and write more songs and, and hopefully follow up the previous songs with something that will work on radio just as well. And I saw a little clip on uh, Instagram, I think it was of you in the studio recording. That was was that right? In the yeah, last few yeah. Days? We've been recording. Yeah, we have been recording, and uh, we're sort of biding our time now for the right song at the right time. Now that the country's opening up again, it would make more sense to release a summer song, and the hope that by the end of the year we can start gigging properly on a kind of a bigger level. Um, up until now, there was no point in releasing it. Let's say we were lucky enough to have a radio hit again. Well, how do we follow that? What do we do with this? Where do we go? Mm. It's great. It's on the radio, but nobody can come and see us. No. So I think we're waiting until there's an opportunity for people to actually come and see us. That's the kind of logic behind holding our horses a bit, you know. Exactly. And you were very involved, like this year, they're doing a series, the We Could Be Heroes series. And you were involved in that, weren't you? The original First one. Around, yeah, I was very much involved in it. Yeah. And um, Gavin Glass kind of spearheaded it. And uh, he was kind of the musical director of it. And Jerry Fish was involved and Owen Halley and loads yeah. of local musicians. And it's fantastic because I think that's what Junction's always been great at. It's been superb at putting Clonmel on, on the map for bringing national and international talent to the town, but also tapping into all the local resources in terms of art and music and uh, literature, etc. So it kind of, it manages to do all those things really successfully. And I think We Can Be Heroes was a great example of how local musicians who had never, some of them perhaps had never been on a big stage, got a chance to, to perform with people like Jerry Fish and Gavin, who played with so many people all around the world and who've achieved great things. So yeah. um, I think that was a, a beautiful idea um, and it, it worked so well. And I've really fond memories of that night and still loads of photographs of us performing that night. When Jack L, of course, was on stage too for that big finale. Um, yeah. So it was, it's a great event and I know they're doing it again, again this year and it's sort of like, um, I guess, a mentorship program in a way, isn't it? For yeah, the exactly. So that's what the festival should be about. And uh, so it's, it's very exciting and encouraging. So, but, but yeah, I was there at the start of that. I'm not as involved in it this year because I'm not in the town as much and mm. we're not kind of gigging full time yet, but uh, hopefully in future years. What other memories do you have of the festival? Is there anything else like over the years you know, that you saw that, that jump out, if I say, a memory, bar, I, bar yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, what's, I don't know if you remember this, but when I was very young, I remember, <laughs> very young, when I was younger, I remember we were lucky enough to get the Fla Kjol during the 90s. Remember that? Mm. And it was a real buzz. And then it kind of went, well, I think we had it two years in a row and then it was gone. And I, I felt that when Junction came to the town, we all of a sudden had that transformation. You would walk through the streets and there would just be this festival vibe, this festival atmosphere. And all of a sudden, all over the town, these different things would be popping up from plays, short plays, longer plays, um, drama groups and troops coming in, dancers, all these kind of from the 
every day to the exotic. And all of a sudden, the town is kind of transported into this other kind of worldly existence. And I think uh, my memory is of like the vibe and the atmosphere of it and how it's, it's a sense of floating around the town and everybody's all, you know, the festival feeling. Exactly. In the old days, I remember the doors described as, as like a religious experience. And there is that sense of we're all together now. We're all in the same boat. And we're all just enjoying ourselves. And I think that's the vibe I always got from Junction Festival in the town, that the whole town kind of switched, flicked a switch, and exactly. it was on. And we're all on. Exactly. You know, and for the, for the length of time that it's there, um, we're all part of the same kind of community and, 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 uh, and outlook. And uh, that, that's how I remember it. And I'm hoping that when we go back uh, in a few weeks that it feels the exact same. I've already seen in Mitchell Street the umbrellas that they put up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I saw photographs of that and people have told me about it. It looks amazing. It looks Doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. It really starts to create a buzz. So that's great. So the 3rd third of July, isn't it? In the Dome. Yeah. Tickets are on sale now online. We'll know eventually to people here or not. It'll definitely be happening no matter what. So can't wait for that. Yeah, the difference is whether or not there'll be a live audience or it'll just be streamed. Exactly. Um, and the tickets are free. So just get online, book them and, and be involved. And hopefully if you want to be there, then you'll be in, in the group of people who will make it in, you know. Jerry Fish is coming back to the festival this year. And as you'll hear, he's a real festival friend, having played here many times. And he loves the Junction Festival. So you go way back with the Junction Festival. Yeah, I can't remember the very first one, but I know it would have been over 10 years ago. I know it kind of, it would have uh, would have been one of the first gigs I got with Jerry Fish and the Mudbook Club, you know, when I kind of re-entered uh, the music business. So um, way back, and David Tivine, who used to kind of run the festival, yeah. became a good friend, actually. And uh, I guess, in a way, um, the... Clummel Junction Festival would have been um, some in some way kind of led to me doing the whole circus Jerry Fish electric sideshow thing. He actually put together the first circus symposium. I think the first and only circus symposium, which had circus people from all over and every discipline assembled in Clummel. And, and David and I were the only two non-circus people there. So I do remember taking a lot of notes on that and that probably leading to the Jerry Fish Electric Sideshow, you know? Wow, which has gone on from great strength. You have your own area now in, in electric picnic and everything. That's just really grown. And that came from Junction originally. Um, I, well, it definitely, it would, the seed would have been there. I mean, I've always been a massive fan of circus and have lots of circus friends, especially up in the Belfast School with uh, Ken and Tina and Hillis and a gang of people. I mean, the my second album as Jerry Fish is The Beautiful Untrue. So the cover of that is a circus kind of uh, girl tattooed lady. So it kind of, it's, a, it's something I've always been a fan of, even in An Emotional Fish. So I guess, but the seed was sown there. I remember having chats with David which, yeah. which eventually led to the Jerry Fish Electric Sideshow. Which ends up, and you know, now you've got a, your stable every year in Electric Picnic with that, aren't you? Yeah, well, your... yeah, yeah, well, there's that. And also just, you know, I've built up a massive community. I mean, at, at, at the Electric Picnic, we have like 400 people, including the bands wow. uh, credited there. So it's a massive, massive setup. And I, I, just, I just remember Ken and Tina and Tumble Circus being at a, an outdoor gig we did there at the Clonmel Junction Festival. And we ended up having a discussion about forming a circus band or, or actually how Jerry Fish and the Mudbug Club 
was like a circus band, you know. Yeah. So you've done loads of different gigs. I remember you were at the 10th anniversary gig. Now this year is the 20th anniversary and you were at and you're going to be here on the 7th of July and you were here for the 10th anniversary as well. Do you remember that gig? I was. And then that was at O'Keefe's, wasn't it? Yeah. With Kathy Davey and Lisa Hannigan, uh, Gavin Glass. Yeah, I remember. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's always been great fun, you know? And, and, and I think July as well, the weather's... We've had some great weather there as well. I remember some scorches. I remember particularly the one with Jack L and, and uh, a lot of guests with Gavin Glass's band. It was um, Scorcher. Oh yeah, that's the week of the hero. Yeah, that's right. And we and I brought um, uh, brought uh, the family down on on numerous occasions. You know, it's a great family event, and I I I think I've enjoyed it every time. I don't know how many times I've played, but uh, but I think it's it's a it's a really well structured festival. It involves the town. You know, it's a very special one. You know. And you're playing in the Dome this year on, on the 7th of July. And there's a possibility, we don't know 100%, but there is a possibility that we'll have some sort of an audience there, which would be nice after the year that we've had. Yeah, I haven't done many uh, virtual shows. You know, I did I, I did um, one for RTE uh, for New Year's Eve at the, at the Gaiety. And yeah, it's, it's, it's very strange. I mean, it's like a TV show, I guess. I don't think it's just about the musicians and the artists. It's about the gatherings. You know, that's 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 what's important. I always say festivals are the last bastion of community. Yeah. I think you know, particularly at big big festivals like Electric Picnic and Glastonbury, which I'm a massive fan. People kind of congregate and you know abide by an actual law without the law, if you know what I mean. There's, there's, you know, people are actually naturally, I've always said it, are naturally good and kind. You know, people are uh, very kind. I think kindness is, a, is a, a, a strategic survival kind of thing in us. You know, the reason we're kind is because we all need each other. And I think festivals really bring that together, you know, seeing everybody just relaxed and out of work and, just relaxed, you know, I think it's something we, we desperately need, you know. And I think audiences maybe didn't realise how, how much they participate in gigs. You know, I, I think I'm aware of it. And I think a lot of people now that you know, the audience is very much part of it. I, I think initially there will be some caution. You know, I, I, I think that's that's only natural. But I, 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 again, I think it's a it's a very important um you know, down to flea markets, down to markets. You know, I, I grew up in South London, right beside the East Lane Market, and just that people congregating around the markets and stalls. And I think it's what we naturally do is is, is kind of her together. Yeah. You know, we're well on our way to, to get it back. Exactly. You know? So thanks so much. And we really look forward to seeing you back in Clamel on the 7th of July. Really, really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it. Okay. My first gig of the year, so that's that's a good one. And our last guest is Clonmel native Idel Mead, who has a brand new album out, which is going to be premiering at the festival this year on July 10th. So it's brilliant that you're, you're, it's your first performance of your album. Is that, am I right in saying that? 
Yeah, that's right. It was released um, on the 8th of March, but sure, obviously the way things have been, you know, there's been no performances. So yeah, this will be my first um, actual performance of the music. So really excited about that. And it's great because um, you li- there will be an audience as well. You know, we don't know how many, but there will be people there. Oh God, sure. It'll be so, it'll be mad. I mean, I won't be used to having people in front of me, but like, oh, it's amazing. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's what we've been sort of training for as musicians and artists, you know, so to go back to it, oh, it'll be, it'll be incredible. And your album, Bridget's and Patricia's, that was the yeah, title. So where did that come from? Um. Well, it's it's a it's an interesting one because the album title came to me before any of the songs and it just popped into my head one day um a few years ago and i just i really kind of resonated with something something mm-hmm. i knew that there was something in it and um i suppose what i think it kind of came down to was um the goddess Bridget would have inspired a lot of the music on this album but with Patricia as well i'm sort of referring to um the feminine version of Patrick. So we have, mm. you know, our St. Patrick, our patron saint, mm. and then our matriarchal St. Bridget. But with this particular album, I'm really looking at um, issues that affect women, essentially. So in that regard, I'm much more concerned with Patricia rather than Patrick. Excellent. And it was Women's Day that it came out, wasn't it? International yeah. Women's Day. 8th of March, that's right. Yeah, it just seems like the perfect um, time to release it. I knew it was going to be sometime kind of late February, into March and then I remembered International Women's Day and boom, that was it. And one of the songs is song for Bridget Cleary. So that's a different Bridget, but very famous in South Tip. Exactly. Well, I mean, I grew up out the Feathered Road and, you know, this story happened um, not too far from where I grew up in 1895. And it's a story that I would have come across in school. You know, certainly it would have come up from time to time and it might have been mentioned, you know, in the history class or something like that. Um, But it was a story that I was definitely familiar with. But I hadn't, I suppose, known the full the full extent of it and you know prior to writing this album um i would have performed as a jazz vocalist for over 10 years and when i knew that i was going to start you know focusing more on my own songwriting and when i was thinking about subject matter bridget cleary came back to me Mm. immediately and actually that was the first song that i wrote from this album wow and how would you describe it like um you know genres it's a real mixture isn't it it's all your influences Yeah, it's it's kind of um it's kind of tricky to put as once it's it's definitely got folk influences mm. and it's got jazz influences as well. And it's, you know, for people who like singer songwriter music, it's it's got that appeal. But I suppose in terms of radio play, it's it's been played across the board. It's, you know, being played on jazz programs, folk programs. Lyric FM has been playing it a lot. Radio Nagueltecta mm. has been playing it a lot. Mm. Um, radio One has been RTE Radio One. So in a way, you can't really put a genre on it. But I would say if, if you like folk, if you like jazz and if you like great singer songwriters, maybe like Joni Mitchell or Nina Simone, these would be some of my um my heroes if you like so hopefully some of their their influence comes across in this music and we're so lucky in Clamel that you're going to be doing this premiere you know in in Clamel for the Junction Festival so appropriate 
Oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. I, it really means a lot. And I'm so grateful to, to Kleena and the team for having me because, you know, growing up in Clonmel, I went to the Sisters of Charity and went to the Loretto. And it's here where I would have gotten, you know, I went for my piano lessons and, you know, was involved in all the choirs in school and in St. Peter and Paul's Church. I was involved with St. Mary's Choral Society. So, you know, without that start, I wouldn't be doing what I'm, I'm doing today. And I have to say as well, a special shout out to um, Sister Brian in the Loretto and to Mrs Gagan the music teacher in the Loretto as well and you know even like um recently they got in touch to just you know to wish me well and to congratulate me and without without their influence when I was a teenager I, I wouldn't have had the confidence to, you know to go forward so it really means so much to me to come back now and to perform this music that I wrote myself in my hometown so I'm thrilled to have this opportunity. Excellent. And the, and the 10th of July in the dome, isn't that right? That's right. Yeah. And it's a real treat to have this dome um, in Clonmel. Do you know, I, I, I've seen I've seen the artist sketches of it and it looks fantastic. Doesn't and I mean, in you know, next to the library as well in, in a real artistic hub. So um, oh, it's, it's fantastic. And I can't wait to, to check out the other performances as well as my own and you know I really hope that like wh while I'll, I'm sure I'll um, be connecting with some um, people that I know already I hope that this performance will inspire other young people from Clanmel because when I was growing up I didn't see any other you know songwriters from the town and um, I think it's important to sort of you know to see see the possibilities that exist for you and I'm so thrilled for the opportunities that I've got so hopefully this will you know inspire some songwriters of the future oh absolutely it shows them that a, that a career in the arts is very much um feasible and you know it just yeah it gives them the courage to to, to dream big I hope that episode gives you a feel now for the music program. I think it's a great program that we're going to have this year in the Dome. All the information again is on junctionfestival.com and I just want to give one more mention that next week we're going to be doing a theatre special with a couple of great interviews and telling you all about the theatre program which is really good as well. So look forward to seeing you again next Thursday. And just a little reminder that if you subscribe wherever you get podcasts the episode will go into your phone every Thursday. Clonmel Junction Arts Festival, which takes place from the 3rd to the 11th of July.